International Women's Day, everyone, and we're celebrating Women's Day on the 123 show this afternoon by hearing about a wonderful local charity that helps to promote gender equality and women's rights. And to tell us a little bit more, we're now joined on the studio in the studio by Judy Khan, the executive director of Her Fund, which is a charity that raises funds and invests in empowering women and girls to create great change in the communities. Welcome back on the program, Judy. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing I'm doing very well, and um, because it's international. Oh, happy International Women's Day! <laughs> Yay! And because of uh, International Women's Day, um, yeah, we start to do a lot of you know work already. That's to great, celebrate Judy. together. That's yeah. great. We are live on Facebook as well. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three is the page to go to. You'll be able to see us in a in a in a new studio. Actually, you can't really see where I am because I've got a backdrop. Anyway, uh, we're, we're broadcasting live from from the Admiralty Studio this afternoon. So, Judy, remind our listeners once again um, about your work at Her Fund. What do you do there? So uh, I'm the executive director of Her Fund. Um, I, I joined Harvard since 2007 as a program officer to take care of the grant making work, but as a um, small women's funds that um, actually we all do the work together, like the program, the grant making, capacity building, fundraising, etc. Um, so what have you been working on uh, lately? What sorts of projects have you been working on in the past year in the build up to Women's Day? Yes, so Her Fund is the only community women's funds to advance gender equality by grant making and capacity building in Hong Kong. Um, and we see ourselves as part of the um, social movement and the feminist movement to empower the capacity of marginalized women and girls. So um, we did um, uh, general grants. Yeah, yeah, we've been here for a few times to talk about our general grants, um, to talk about um, our her hub on uh, building the capacity of the women and girls. Um, but in the last year, we think that um, we have um, two very uh, important things to 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 talk about it. One thing is that we um, we start uh, a, a leadership program called Trans Transformative Feminist Leadership. Um, so this is a leadership program for um, the women leaders themselves um, so that, you know, like we talk about our power dynamic, we talk about self-care, we talk about well-being, and we talk about um, how we can build leadership collectively, um, etc. So it's a very pilot thing in Hong Kong, um, and we need to... Um, you know, test it and pilot it all together. And we are going to, you know, keep going on in the upcoming three years as well. Um, the other thing is that, you know, like COVID is uh, everyone is facing the pandemic together. So we also, because we see this as a very um, important issue to women and girls. So that's why we created a community response grant uh, in June last year so that we provide small grants in a very quick process um, so that, you know, these women and girls um, and their organizations can get support um, in a very timely way. Yeah. 
Tell us a little bit more about these small grants. You know, why is it so important that these small grants are available? Perhaps you can give us the, the backstory because a lot of these projects that you work with, they're not um, they're not under Section 88, so they don't have the so-called charity status. So they can't really legally fundraise. So they really rely on um, her fund and perhaps organisations like yours to grant them the seed money to to get to get their projects off the ground. Tell us about these small grants. Yes, so um, um, they are uh, quite many of them are self-organized. Um, so that means that, for example, a, les um, a group of lesbians come together and um, fight for the discrimination against um, lesbians or raise the awareness on um, domestic violence among lesbians um, uh, communities. So they may not be um, getting Section 88, um, but they may be um, getting society registration or some very new, um, even they are getting Section 88, they may be very, very new that they did not start any any projects or any work that um, actually quite many funders would like to fund something um, um, Although new, but the organization is kind of like um, more established. Uh, established, yeah. So that's you know, um, so that that's why we take this risk, but at the same time, is you know, build the capacity on supporting them to do the work. And we see during the COVID, there are actually um, on one hand side is there are many new needs. Uh, from the uh, community. So, for example, we see that um, many uh, migrant domestic workers, they do not have enough food. Uh, we also see asylum seekers women, they cannot um, access to internet because everyone is, you know, getting online like us now and they really need data to attend different um, sections uh, to take care to take care of their health issue, mental health issue. Um, we also see that very many grassroots women, they have um, mental health stress because they need to take care of their kids at, uh, in, a, in their very little small home. Um, and they need to, you know, like um, seeing each other for 24 hours because everyone is on Zoom. So relaxing the mental health stress um, and build mutual support um, network for these kind of carers is um, something very important. And it is very, um, we need it to provide, you know, like in the past, you know, in our general grants, we may take like around three months to do assessment. But right now, because, you know, um, it's very you know, we, we, we have to do it in a very quickly way so that, for example, like the migrant domestic workers, they need food, you know, very quickly so that we, we said that, you know, when they submit the proposal, we will be giving them the check uh, in one month time wow. so that, you know, like they can, they can, you know, do the work immediately. Um, um, or, yeah, but although the, the grant size is small, something like, um, under 30,000 Hong Kong dollars per project, but we do not encourage them doing it more than nine months because, you know, it's um, just a little bit of money. Um, and we know that, you know, COVID is um, quite a long-term um, impact. So we are now keeping raising resources um, and pooling more resources. And also we, we are kind of like uh, under rolling basis to allow, you know, different organizations to come to us and telling us what are their needs. Um, and, and on the other side, we also see that, you know, it's not just project-based work. 
actually many smaller organizations have survival issue. Um, so we hope that, you know, these kind of small grants could um, support them as well, so support their survival as well as, you know, like it's very difficult for all of us to fundraise. Um, so smaller organization is even worse. Um, and, and as you just mentioned, you know, they are not, um, uh, they cannot, it's very difficult for them or sometimes not eligible for them to apply any funding. So they cannot fundraise. Uh, because of the social distancing and economic resection, and they are not eligible to get funding. So that's why, you know, like it's very important for her fund to take up this role to support um, their work and build their capacity um, so that they can be seen uh, from other people as well. Yeah, um, we've talked about this on the one, two, three show previously. This is a topic that's come to my attention. This topic of restrictive funding that a lot of yeah. charities and a lot of uh, organizations under Section eighty-eight face, and that is, even if you apply for an amount of money from a bank or or, or any organization or any schemes that give you a lump sum for your project, a lot of these fundings are restricted. So you can only use them for either the project. You can't really use them for overheads. Uh, is yeah. your funding a bit different can you is there more flexibility when you when you give these grassroots uh, projects are they free to use the money however they want well they um of course when they submit the proposal Judy, they can will you need put to the mic closer us. to your mouth can you, yes perfect. yeah can you hear now yes okay so they can when they submit the proposal they will need to tell us what are the their needs and how they use that. Um, but then we also encourage them not just focus on the program or the project, but, you know, see the organization as a whole. So, for example, like um, as if they need money to do um, volunteer capacity building, they need money to do staff developments, they need money to pay the rents, they need money to um, 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 mean to pay the admin cost, something like this. This is something that we encourage them to tell us that um, how important it is um, to affect because we also see that, you know, program costs, sometimes it's easier for them to fundraise or get um, the grants from other funders. But, you know, but this kind rent, of internal... It's harder to justify yeah. it, but, you know, rent is yeah. something that organizations very, still have very to pay. Yes. Yeah, they have to pay. And it's very important. For example, like some of these even smaller organizations, they really need a place to let um, their members to come together, to feel like a home, to feel like somewhere that they feel safe space to talk with each other. So, you know, rent is something very, very important. And we always encourage them um, that, you know, we, we know that things goes very, you know, as in a flow that um, if something get wrong, they don't need to stick on that. So that's why, you know, the flexibility is that when um, the time is coming on and they see that they have to change the things, they need to change the budget as well to do the work. Um, so they can always tell us, um, and we always, you know, kind of like approve, um, all the requests from them if it is very reasonable. And especially during COVID, we also encourage them to see it not just in a short term, but in a longer term. So, which means that it's not just focusing on the program, but, you know, um, encourage them to see the organization as a whole. So, for example, they can take this opportunity to build their communications, they can take this opportunity to build their um, donor database, um, they can take this opportunity to um, 
to build uh, because some some of them cannot do anything. So why don't they use the money to build their organizational um, developments? Um, and and they sometimes um, you know like some other funders may be very uh, restrictive as as you just mentioned. So we've got actually uh, run grantee partner that um, they uh, they they have to they they've got the other small grants uh, from other donor and then they have to do a photo exhibition but you know in the past one year it's very difficult for them to do that and uh, and then they've got all the photos and they need to use their own pocket money to do the storage you know like they have to pay like half year money to store the photos until the day they can start to do the exhibition and so that's why we said that so why don't you you know, ask us to get the funding to pay for the storage because, you know, it's not fair for them to use their own pocket money. I'm not saying the pocket money of the organization is really from their own pocket money and they are volunteers uh, and they're very grassroots. Um, so these are the things that um, it will be, you know, some something that is actually very essential for an organization. Um, but you know, um, many funders may not may not be really um, thinking about is is really a need. Um, uh, although our grant is small one, but then we 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 understand their situation and we are willing to um, support their organization as a whole. Yeah, that's so important. You're really responding to the needs of the grassroots organization because you're right, Judy. Perhaps many funders will not sort of see the storage of the photos as an important thing, but it is important because that the photo exhibition is what they need to raise money. But because of COVID, yeah. they're unable to to display it. Um, we are live on Facebook this afternoon. Noreen Meir on RTHK Radio Three, and we're chatting with Judy Khan, the executive director of Her Fund, which is a wonderful charity that raises funds uh, to support other charities and other local uh, um, um, uh, organizations. Um, uh, Venita says on the Facebook page, do you also provide vocational training to women as part of your work? So we don't provide any uh, kind of like, um, uh, we call it very direct services to the women themselves but we support the organizations for example like if there is a women's organizations um they group together um the women that they have um you know they need to train them as their career um rights um so that you know we support that organization to provide that training instead of us to provide the vocational training by ourselves um and but of course, you know, our grant is more focusing on the rights-based um, of the organizations themselves. Um, and, and uh, but then what I've just mentioned is that, you know, like we also provide some capacity building, for example, like the well-being. So these, uh, we are also trying to identify something that even the organization themselves um, don't recognize. For example, like I've just mentioned that the leadership training um, to the women leaders um, so that they understand, you know, they can be recognized as a leader, how they can um, build the other sister's capacity, um, how they can um, taking care of themselves. Um, um, the well-being are also something that, you know, like um, the others see that it is not 
you are lazy to take care of yourself um, or you are lazy to take care of um, the others as well. So we are trying to let them know that, you know, these things are very essential. When you have the energy, you have the strength, um, you can, you know, work a more sustainable journey with the organization um, and your own family together as well. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right, Judy. A lot of the times, and we've said this on the show before, you know, people look at self-care as some sort of luxury, but it's it's a necessity. We need to look after ourselves before we can look after other people and look after our work. So it's very important that we all invest in our own mental health and, and self-care. Um, I want to also talk a little bit more about, um, we, we address some of the challenges that uh, these small grassroots organizations uh, face. Um, in terms of uh, funding, so, you know, as an organization, you fund these grassroots projects. Where do you get your funding from and how do you tell your donors, right, we're going to be using the money that you give us to fund other projects? H how does it work? Yeah, it's a um, difficult journey. <laughs> you know, in Hong Kong, it's not easy uh, for people to understand the role of uh, a women's fund. Um, so it takes us really long time to do that. Um, we, we, we fundraise from individual by events. So for example, like, um, on uh, March 10th, we are going to have, um, a webinar, um, on, um, you know, celebrating, uh, we international women's day together, um, by, um, learning how to use essential oil to take care of ourselves together. Um, to to uh, to other than celebrating International Women's Day together, we also through the church we also fundraise for um, um, uh, to give the to to provide us to have enough funds to the grant. Um, we also talk with different corporates um, so that they can um, uh, provide us uh, some donation or some of the corporate, they also have foundation. So they would come to us to, to collaborate with us. So for example, um, the, the program that I just mentioned on the um, leadership program is actually um, funded by a local private foundation and a corporate foundation together. Um, and, and actually uh, we've got some funding from other international women's funds well, so you can see even for the corporate foundation is actually uh, an international one. It's easier for, you know, overseas people to understand women's funds concept. Um, but now is because of COVID, we also see that it is a good opportunity that, you know, because we, we do it in, uh, in a more very, you know, working the journey with them. We talk a lot on partnership with them. We understand their needs. We understand their challenges. I mean, them the, the grassroots organizations. Um, and we kind of like, uh, right now we have around 15 to 20 grantee partners um, at the same time. So we have the very first hand understanding of their needs. Um, we, 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 we are not just giving them grants, but we do capacity building and provide them support. Um, and so, you know, like uh, also there are some private foundations locally also ask us why they need to give us money to fund them. But, you know, like we are the one who understand more about, you know, the power relation with our grantee partners, understand their needs. And also we kind of like taking care of, you know, as a whole total is 15 to 20 um, smaller organizations, very grassroots instead of like um, they have to do all these by themselves as well. 
Yeah. yeah, it's also quite attractive for, for for partners to donate to you as well, because then they know that the money they give to her fund is then able to fund a wide range of local grassroots projects. Or is it also quite yes. challenging to to persuade them? Because you don't know what upcoming programs or or, or that you'll be supporting. Is it hard to convince them? You know, you got to give us the yes. money, then we'll we'll find <laughs> some grantee partners. Yes, it is true that um, it is a challenging one because we also want, uh, you know, the, the needs is from the community. So they tell us they submit the application. So that's why when we um, when the donors come to us, they they do not know who they are supporting at that stage. But um, we also heard um, from many donors saying that, you know, like they know that her fund has a large variety of pool that we are supporting all those grassroots and marginalized women like grassroots women, low income women, um, even sex workers, um, lesbians groups, transgender, those who are not able to get any funding or being um, stereotyping. Um, um, and we are also, they are also, you know, like um, trust, you know, like having trust between us and our grantee partner is important, but at the same time, the trust between our donor and us is also very, very important. So they know that, you know, the money comes to us um, is able to enabling um, the grassroots and marginalized women all together instead of like, um, um, of course, we are, we are very um, welcoming them or encourage them to support, you know, different organizations. But through Harfan is, you know, like supporting the whole, you know, um, women's movement together as well. Yeah. Finally, uh, Judy, remind our listeners once again, tell us about the upcoming webinar. You mentioned it uh, briefly just now. It's uh, this Wednesday, the 10th of March. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the information and where can our listeners uh, go and register to support this wonderful webinar? Yes. So this webinar is a healing workshop for those who dares to change. Um, it is um, an interactive online workshop to learn about how to use essential oil. Of course, you know, uh, through the process, um, you, they can also, the participant also can hear the story of her fund. Um, but at the same time, you know, like um, with other participants all together to learn how to use essential oil to improve our mood, mental health, uh, and, and get the sense of how we talk about when we talk about um, the feeling of well-being as well. We also um, invited some of our grantee partners to join this um, webinar so that through the process, we hope that they can have a chance to meet each other, to chat with them as well. Um, we also, um, because this year, the top, uh, the, the, the top pick on International Women's Day is Choose to Challenge. So we also, through this process, we also encourage the participants to come together to challenge the gender bias and inequalities through supporting us. Um, the webinar will be at 12.30 during lunchtime and um, it's only $350 per person, which including a well-being pack, um, including the essential oil and some um, um, tea pack so that you know we can relaxing all together um in uh, during the period of time so um if anyone wants more information or would like to register um they can come to our website the www.herfund.org.hk
Excellent. Judy, always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much for your sharing and and for you and your team to be continuously doing great work for women and girls across Hong Kong. Uh, I think all the information is uh, linked on our Facebook chat as well. So do register for the great webinar, which is coming up uh, this Wednesday, the 10th of March, uh, to celebrate International Women's Day with Her Fund. Thank you so much for your time, Judy. And I look Thank forward, you, Laurie. Yes, I look forward to having you back on next time. And happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.